Hello and welcome to the Adventure Game Club podcast. This episode, we are talking about Colossal Cave Adventure, our game for December 2022. We played the 350-point version by Don Woods and Will Crowther. Um, I'm your host, Michael, and with me today is Shala. Hi, I'm Shala Walls. Pleased to meet you all. Glad to be on the podcast. Yeah, so we played... It's a little confusing, but we played the... (laughs) Because there's a lot of different versions of this game, but the one that people generally focused on was the 350.1, which is not the original, original one. For those of you that aren't familiar with the game, it's a text adventure game that's considered one of the first. Yeah, probably why we call them adventure games in particular, because the executable was just called Advent. Yes. Yeah, and it's just called, my understanding is just called Adventure. Yep. And then eventually you got the name Colossal Cave Adventure. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and that's what I'm going to keep calling it. But yeah, so, and it works pretty similar to how people know text adventure games. You just type in commands. You know, it's not as advanced as later ones, but yeah, you just... <laughs> Ultimately, I thought something that was pretty interesting about it is like, I was trying to think of like what, when I learned that like it was sort of the seminal, like almost the definition of a text adventure, like what makes something an adventure? And ultimately, like when it really came down to it, as near as I can tell, the defining feature is the inventory. Uh, Having like stuff that you bring to places and using that stuff on stuff ultimately like trickles down even into Zelda, like sort of the action adventure territory. I guess uh, maybe I'll go into a little bit of history and we can see where that conversation gets us. Does yeah. that sound okay? Okay. Yeah. Great. Uh, I did look it up. Uh, I found I found a video interview with uh, Pat Crowther. It is indeed pronounced Crowther. I was really stressing out about that earlier. Um, so I'll start out Wait, with... Wait, who's... Oh, sorry. Who's Yeah, Pat? yeah. So we'll start out... Uh, Will Crowther was born in 1936 and Pat P. Wilcox, the future Pat Crowther, future wife of Will Crowther was born in 1943. And they are both very important people outside of Colossal Cave Adventure as well. Um, They both went to MIT in the 50s. They got married. They had two daughters. Um, In the 70s, uh, Will was working at BBN, uh, Bolt, Berenick, and Newman? That sounds about right. It was a contractor, uh, and it was one of the main contractors that ended up making ARPANET. Um, so Crowther had sort of an early, uh, distance routing algorithm, sort of vector routing, um, distributed (laughs) vector distance routing. Um, so that's big, like routing algorithms are a huge part of the internet. So he really was their sort of ground floor. Um, with Pat, he did a little bit of caving, uh, down in Kentucky in what what at the time was called the Flint Ridge Cave System, and, and still is. Um, and throughout the 70s, uh, they were sort of doing that, I believe, 1972-ish is when Pat Crowder, who was 
very slight, 115 pounds, made it through a bit of cave called the Tight Spot. Just a very, very small connection. Um, and that was what linked up Colossal Cavern, uh, the Flint Ridge area, Bed Quilt, with Mammoth Cave, which probably uh, a couple of people are more familiar with. The whole system is the biggest cave system in the entire world. Um, I've only seen a little bit of Mammoth Cave, but geez, it would be cool to see some of the rest of it. Yeah. So have you been to wait? So have you been to it in person? I have been to Mammoth Cave. I have not been to Bed Quilt. Absolutely not. As near as I can tell, Bed Quilt is um, the real tough cave entrances. The cavers won't tell you about because they're worried that you might die in there and then there'd be blood on their hands. You can, however, um, it's something along the lines of exploring Colossal Cave in code and exploring Colossal Cave in caving or something like that. There's an article where somebody went in and I was floored by how well I could recognize uh, some of the areas. Like the low cobble crawl is definitely there, like something that is unmistakably like sort of uh, the, the like uh, above, above the, the pit. Um, super, super, super cool if you ever get the chance. Okay. Yeah, I would love to visit. Oh my God, right? Eventually. Yeah. So we're kind of getting a little dis- a lot topic, but like if you play so we'll get into it later more yeah, but yeah. you played the original one those mm-hmm. do those caving elements come through more the, is it easier to map those parts to the actual cave or does it not really matter i found myself floored by how well i could tell my way around um crowther's original version is a cave with some video game in it Um, he was working from some maps that he had made, uh, sort of with just a PDP one with Pat back in the day. Um, but they had gotten divorced a little bit, uh, before that. In fact, he was trying to make the game to sort of build up his relationship with his daughters that I assume he did not have full custody of. Um, so 100%, um, like almost every major area in Crowther's, as far as I can tell, is based on a place in real life. Uh, Woods's stuff seems to be a little bit less so, uh, but I still really, really enjoy all of it. So, yeah. So my understanding is he, so he made this version. It went up on the mainframes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. PDP 10 on ARPANET. Yep. Once that was out there, he kind of backed away. He was good. He was like kind of done with it. At yeah. That he's point. just one of those people who sort of once, once the cool part is done, he doesn't really care. And so as a result, like the thing that he's left behind is incomplete and also just like buggy as shit. <laughs> Sorry, I gotta watch my yeah. mouth. Extremely no, buggy. You're fine, you're fine, you're fine. Um, very relatable though. Yeah, like, as near as like, I can tell. I, like, please, please. Oh no, I was just saying once you, like I, I can relate to getting a thing halfway done and being like, yeah, I'm good with <laughs> this. Yeah. And then just walking away from it. Um, yeah. As near as I can tell, just judging from some of the files that we've recovered from Don Woods's like old student drive, he must have like asked Crowther to like fix a couple of bugs because there's two versions from '77 on his like student drive that are just very slightly different. But uh, in fact, even in that bug fix, Crowther introduced some bugs. So, oh, okay. um, I've seen a little bit of Woods's source code, and I've I've read the original. Um, 
Crowther is a programmer of a later era. He is a programmer of the era where it is obvious that like code will be read many more times than it's written. So it's it's much less buggy, and it is absolutely a pleasure to to read his code. If anybody wants to read old Fortran, <laughs> okay. And so Woods comes across it, and I guess decides he wants to mod it. Or he, no, he, but he came across the game, probably mm-hmm. liked what he played, and then contacted Crowther to get the source code. Yeah, this is an interesting bit. Uh, so in the original version, if you say yes to the help bit at the beginning, it says any bugs or questions to Crowther. That was it. Like the all all of the lines in the game that are like very spare, like just one sentence and and it like extreme engineer talk. That's Crowther. And the way Don Woods uh, found him is he literally just wrote Crowther at, and then every domain that was on ARPANET. He just emailed every possible Crowther because that was a thing you could do at that time. <laughs> right. And it worked. It sure did. I mean, yeah. he eventually got in contact with him. So he got that code and then he started making his version, which is, uh, so if Crowther's version is more just an accurate caving simulation or closer to being a caving simulation. Yeah. Woods added a lot more fantasy elements like the dragon and puzzle, like more puzzles. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, items and stuff. This might be a decent time to talk about like some of sort of the, the main differences. And I don't want to get like too deep in the wood, in the weeds, but the version that I've played has sort of forest building, what I would call like sort of your first crawl. The, uh, should I, should I be like avoiding spoilers or are we? <laughs> no, you're fine. You're fine. Yeah. The, um, the sort of, I, I don't think we're, getting to yeah I, yeah, I, yeah go ahead yeah, like, yeah, all yeah. Right. <laughs> um like cave bird uh and and first um you know x word area all of that is exactly the same the snake uh the rod the nugget y2 the second magic word um so i'd say you sort of have that top crawl you have like east hall of mists and mountain king area you have like West Hall of Mists and uh, tiny passages all alike. All of that is still here. If you start going into what I would call like sort of southwest of, of Hall of Mountain King, things start getting a little weird. Uh, Complex Junction, for example, has uh, just a sign in the middle of the air that says cave under construction. <laughs> Continue at your own risk. I did not get a chance to see if that sign is still in the game. Um, but as a result, like bed quilt, Swiss cheese room, two pit, uh, all of like slab room, all of that is there. Completely empty, completely worthless. Almost any area that's called like a secret passage, also completely empty, completely worthless. The rod doesn't actually work. <laughs> So uh, the, the the thing with the fissure and the rod does not happen, even though there's code in there that's supposed to make it. But everything else, like um, I saw a bridge, I saw a dragon, I saw like a big mattress. Uh, <laughs> all, all of that stuff is definitely new. That is like the most colorful bit, I'd say, is uh, I, I believe... Um, Unless I'm mistaken that I found a third magic word. Um, and that one is not in the original. 
So there, that whole area around like the third magic word, I would say, is is the stuff that I know the least about. Okay. Okay. And so in the original, original, I hate saying the, it's, Let's call, let's call, let's call it crow, crow Zero. That is what I've usually seen okay. it called, is oh, okay. C-R-O-W-O-O-O-O, as opposed okay. to like Woods uh, 350 or Woods 400. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay, so in the Crow Zero one, so yep. there's no like end game. It's just, you just explore a bit and then this kind of... Yeah, you can, you can die. Um, what okay. I consider my sort of constructed end game is the dwarves work very differently than they do uh, in the new one. Unless I'm mistaken, the dwarves are more or less random. In the old version, they only activated if you went into the Hall of Mists. So for me, the game was basically you go, you get all of the possible treasures, then you go to the Hall of Mists and you're trying to get out before the dwarves kill you because there's no save functionality. So the dwarves really are a chance of just, like, everything is gone. Um, but you can come back to the building and put all of your stuff in it and nothing happens. Uh, you don't get a score. You can't actually, like, look at your inventory. So if you've forgotten about something and, and didn't put it on the ground, the game doesn't care. Uh, new version can save. Seems to have a tally. So there's there's a notion of winning, as far as I can tell. I assume 350 is the best you can do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. All right. Well, that's pretty cool. So then... Yeah, and then once that came out, was a massive hit. I get, I don't know. It wasn't a commercial game, but it became very popular and spread to all these different computers and yeah. game designers. So we can. So I wonder. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, please. Oh no, go 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 ahead. I'm interested personally for somebody who wasn't there, like how important Microsoft Adventure was. I think that was like. 79 or like early 80s. I think if you got yeah, an IBM PC and you got MS DOS, you could it came with uh MS Adventure. I'm not sure how popular it was before that, but I would I would have to assume that the PC version made it like made it really popular. Um and and that was commercial, right? I mean it was it was, it was group. Yeah, it helped. I mean yeah, that was commercial, but I mean like Zork was 1977 and that was Yeah. That's true. That's by true. The Woods version, absolutely. Yeah, sort of, sort of overtly. Uh, Adventureland was 1978, which was by Scott Adams, not the cartoonist. The, oh, thank God. Uh, the uh, the game designer, but that he was a big adventure game developer. And then, yeah. So, well, and then I wonder. I don't know which version Roberta Williams played, but she did Mystery House after playing. Colossal Cave Adventure. Oh man, that one is very super duper on my list. I played like a yeah. cute basic ripoff of it when I was a kid and it scared the ever-loving crap out of me. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to to trying to go back and play it. Yeah. I never played that either, but I should. Um, but Future month, maybe. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it like, just inspired so many, I guess it inspired Rogue, apparently. Um, that makes sense. So, like, it's so well. That's interesting. Yeah. So, like, if we go back to the gameplay loop for this game, it kind of reminds me of a roguelike. It's kind of this weird hybrid. Like, I don't even know if Crowther. I assume Woods maybe was familiar with D anD D, but it's just kind of like this. I, I'm pretty sure they both they both very overtly. Uh... Played played D anD I I could be wrong, but if I remember right, 
Just judging from the dwarves that are in the original game, it really seems like Crowther was basically just trying to do D&D in Colossal Cave, which is pretty cool. Okay. Um, because that was... The gameplay here is... It's a little different, I think, in my opinion, from a hmm. lot of adventure games, because you're just trying to get as much treasure as you can. Yeah, exactly. So you can complete the game. Like, when I played the game, I missed one treasure, but, like, I still got the ending, and went through the whole thing but mm-hmm. um and like you're intended to do multiple runs because you're not going to it's very unlikely that your first run on, of the game is going to be the most efficient you probably won't you, you you'll probably have to start over because you'll run out lantern power that's um, something that's really interesting i think the lantern mechanic was a stroke of brilliance um I'm sorry to cut you off, but the original, the lamp was just always on. Um, I've actually heard that the bottle of water was supposed to be something that would help the chemical reaction of the lamp. uh, Because, like, electric lamps are sort of, at the time, uh, were unreliable in caves. So they were using uh, some sort of chemical that that needed water. Um, But I think it really adds a lot to the game um to to run out of the the lamp power i don't quite know all of the mechanics um and the uh twisty passages all different is not on the original so i sometimes get lost trying to get another battery um but ultimately like if i'm getting a battery i'm I'm already a little hosed with score i think so yeah yeah technically because you have to spend coins to get the Mm. um battery and then that so but that means you're you know using some of your treasure um I there's another thing where ass off when i saw that vending machine <laughs> i like that i like that there's like this weird uh hybrid like there's some weird modern technology in there i i assume that had an influence on zork because that series has some weird technology mm. stuff going on in it um one thing that but, i did want to say that's kind of interesting paul window, uh, um, like chimney, these are all caving terms. When, Mm -hmm. when Crowther (laughs) says hall, like hall of the mountain king, he means, uh, a featureless rock room. (laughs) And I presume sort of from the way that, that Woods talks about some of these things that he took it a little literally when he hears like the east end of a great hall, he's imagining like pillars and marble. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah there's no way he knew what the caving term I, I assume he did just did not know these were caving terms he's like oh, okay yeah i think it's i think it's so really it's- cool though because it's like ultimately i end up seeing it as like a little mix of both of them there's some straight up caves yeah. but then it mixes uh you know sort of woods's idea that it's like almost like a mines of moria kind of deal um a, a pirate <laughs> just yeah it, the the whimsy that it has really makes me happy. Just every time I saw something new, I, I had fun. Um, throw bird is just, <laughs> oh, it makes me happy. It's a really charming. It's weird because like a lot of times I struggle with like a lot of older text adventures. You're expected to re- restart the game because you get soft locked somewhere. And you can't complete the game, yeah. and like, which which is very common in this too. But because I guess because it's so it's a pretty small game. Once you actually know how to get 
through it. Yeah, um, absolutely. It, it's yep. just, it feels like you're just like, and because it's so light on plot, mm-hmm. um, which is not a, that sounds like I'm like, donkey on the game but it's, it's no, i think it's it's it, I, kind it's, of nice I, I don't know yeah it's it's sort of plotless you, you don't necessarily know why you're here you can come up with your own idea but i like you yeah. said i don't really think it's any any worse for it sometimes people just go into caves <laughs> yeah yeah i mean they like the uh, the setup really is just like you want to go into this cave to get some treasure and there's like little hints of other stuff like that there's been people there before and um things like that like the the vending machine in like it's yeah it's really interesting and there's some stuff in the ending where it's just really weird but um <laughs> yeah so i don't know i just didn't mind it like optimizing my run it almost felt like speed running in a way absolutely i thought the same thing like by the end there's really this feeling of like all right all right <laughs> there's no way there's no way I'm going up the stairs with that nugget. So that is my fixed point. Um, I did find, uh, I found myself trying to get caught by the pirate as soon as possible when I was trying to do the game fast. I, I would get caught and, th- and then go try and grab my stuff back from him just because it was too disruptive to have to do that later, like while I was carrying treasure around. Um, I thought that was really fun. Um, I don't know. It, it, it's a game about memorizing a geography largely, and that's pretty cool. I was interested in how rewarding that is. Yeah, like once you have it mapped out, that's it. I mean, like you kind of know how to run through everything, and you're like, of course, your map carries over from one run to another. It's not yeah. randomized. Yeah, like, exactly. It's really cool. Um, I think some of the puzzles in the game are maybe. Oh, rough. good God. There's... Oh, good God. <laughs> um, there's some rooms that just, like, literally aren't described in the text description of their rooms. <laughs> it's one of those things where I'm glad that this game is old, because, good God, how would I know that, like, wave was the verb? <laughs> oh, right, yeah. It's, it's, I mean, there's... It's very... It, it tells... How to put it? Here... here is my best ex- my best summary of everything that we're saying here. This is seminal, per- perhaps like the first adventure game ever, and it has the word fuck in the words that it knows because presumably people were typing it in there so often. It says, watch it! <laughs> so I'm pretty sure text adventures have just kind of sucked in a certain way from the very <laughs> I'll never remember my my go-to with things like this is always like putting a glowy something into some scupperware so I can see underwater in Monkey Island 4. That was that was one of the moments that I was like, I think honestly, you should just plan to have to ask somebody else sometimes with adventure yeah. games. Well, well, that's why I wonder, like this game, like I, I would love to talk to someone who actually played it at the time it came out because you're, they're all playing it, like playing it on a mainframe where like things would move slowly, but you have everyone beating on the game like at the same time. Mm-hmm. So you, I, I assume that they're all sharing information. It was kind of like when Fez came out ten years ago. Yeah, and they, yeah, yeah. Like all the puzzles and stuff, and like the only way people were figuring things out is by just like 
talking with each other online and getting that all yeah figuring that's so all the cool. secrets ahead I wonder how I many that, times that's happened because it's like if I look for walkthroughs and stuff it's mostly for Colossal Cave right now like the new Williams version um well which well, I wait, oh, please, so, please 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 oh have you, so I don't know if you knew this but like it's very it's it follows the original the 350 version very strictly absolutely absolutely so for better or worse we can get into, but like <laughs> if you, so it, it's a weird thing but like um but yeah i mean like if you look up a walkthrough for that like that 350 point version that will work for the williams yep. version yeah 100 percent. yep i wonder just like I wonder how many people spent a little bit of time figuring it out themselves and, and how much of it was just like looking up solutions from forever ago. Basically, just I, I'd, I'd love to see a curve of like sort of the big moments of Colossal Cave. Like how big was it when it came out? How big was it when Microsoft version came out? Like how big is this one? Um, yeah. I don't know answers to any of that. Um, I don't know. It's so hard to track because like, you know that the original release... I guess if you want to call the mainframe release, like was very important. Like clearly mm-hmm. a lot of people played it because you can see all these games branching out from that. Also, uh, it was so popular that Woods's version, you can only play like in off hours on the mainframe. Yeah. So it must have gotten him in trouble from too many people playing during the day. <laughs> I thought that was kind of yeah. cool. Yeah. So that's so interesting too because it wasn't a commercial game and so it was just basically this public domain thing from the very beginning which is really cool yep um i assume that he likes that i i I don't actually know how he feels about because he didn't really make he didn't make money off it unless you want to count like yeah i think they might have made like some token stuff from one of them uh Unless I'm mistaken, like both of these people are are doing just fine. I'm pretty sure they're both still kick, kicking, and I'm pretty sure they both yeah. have long yep. long careers in computer science, and therefore we probably don't have to worry too too hard about them. Crowther finds it pretty funny that this is the thing that he's known for. He he would have thought that he was known for like making the internet, <laughs> right? <laughs> but he's not. He doesn't like talk about this game, really, right? Like, he doesn't do interviews. Not really. I think I've seen maybe one or two, and only in text. Um, his family has been interviewed a few times, which I would be really pissed if anybody, like, started looking up my family when they wanted to interview me. Um, but I know I, I know, I read an interview because he had mentioned that the, um, the text processing was inspired by Eliza uh, Weisenbaum's... Uh, Okay. Bisonbaum's little AI doctor. So he's so he doesn't have like any weird feelings about that. He just wants to be left alone, basically. It it seems that way. I th- I think he I think he thinks it's kind of fun that that people like it so much. I think he thinks it's a little bit funny that people care about it more than the internet. But uh and then Woods, uh I think Woods has just sort of been a person who kind of goes around. Um he yeah. I want to say, like, wrote kind of some of the early programming jokes. He had, like, a like a fake programming language that was all jokes. I think he might have written some stuff in the jargon file or whatever, but uh, I, I could be wrong. Okay. 
and he does interviews for this. Like, I, yeah, he, exactly. Like, like he'll talk about it, and he get, actually. So he was in like, there's a text adventure documentary ten, well, more than ten years ago now. Oh, but, like, I looked that up. The BBS Get documentary Lamp. was amazing. Get Lamp. Yeah, oh yeah, my god, so, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's very good. You can go on YouTube, like because it's not sold anymore. Right. There's physical copies that were sold, and it's not sold anymore. But uh, the uh, director Jason Scott's put it all online. Like also, like all the individual interviews are all mm-hmm. on the internet archive. Oh, that's awesome. Um, so you could just so you can just look up those as well. Um I will, thank you. But like he yeah, so he'll talk about it and then um and do like panels if he's invited and stuff. So I think mm-hmm. he's more than fine with with how the games turned out. <laughs> it's really cool. I mean it's cool that like like even though it's technically not the first adventure game is the one that everyone played so it's yeah, kind yeah. of this like they're kind of seen as the inventors of the genre yeah I mean at the very least they're they're some of our patron saints right yeah so it's, it's really cool um yeah what else do we want Let's to talk see. about with this game I mean, see if I have any other random trivia here um he had his sister-in-law play tested for a long time and she got pissed having to like go through the woods and all of that. And that is uh, why the first magic word exists yep. was just because she yeah. was playtesting and, and <laughs> couldn't be bothered. <laughs> and I love that. That's like an, an iconic thing as well. Right. Um, <laughs> just like everything from this game is it, something that's referenced a lot, which is funny because that's what made it fun for me to play it. It's exactly. Just like, I mean, it's like when like you hear like a movie referenced a lot, and then you finally see the movie, and it's like, yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. Oh, that's where the oh, it's twisty little passages all alike. <laughs> I've seen this meme before, but um, yeah. So I don't know. It, I would recommend it just on those terms. If anybody is even like remotely interested in like history of games, uh, knowing stuff like that, like we were talking about Zork, Zork is like. Just, just, just full of of talking about this. Um, I would that super kind of has a similar, yeah, yeah. Sort of weird mix of serious and not. Yeah, and it's got a similar gameplay loop where you're just like grabbing that, like first orc anyway. You're just grabbing treasures and returning them back mm-hmm. to a okay. So it occurred to me while um, I was playing some Kirby Superstar with my daughter. Um, <laughs> The Great Cave Offensive is probably just Colossal Cave Adventure. Oh. I wouldn't be surprised if it's literally just like a translation. Because if you think about it, you know, you're it's Kirby. It's a big cave. He's going in it. He's getting a lot of treasure. Yeah. It, it tallies it up. My assumption is that that was supposed to be sort of a Kirby implementation of Colossal Cave Adventure, but I could be wrong. I wonder. No. I wonder. That could be right. That's very funny i didn't think about it that way but wow i'll have to look that up later that's so funny yeah that was an absolute favorite when i was a kid mostly just because it was it was the last thing that i hundred percented usually um and the 100 percent on kirby was super important to me i think honestly unless i'm mistaken i might be yeah yeah no no let's hear let's hear your take please 
Oh, no, I was going to say, like, yeah, I, I, I would recommend it, too, just because even, like, outside of the history, it's it's mechanically interesting. I love um, it. Like, there's a lot of clunkiness in a lot of the puzzles. Like, there's so many things, like the rod. Like, oh, like, the only way you know about the bird running away from the rod is if you get the help instructions at the beginning. <laughs> so at the beginning of the game, they'll ask you, do you want help? Yes or no. And it gives a hint about the bird yeah, yeah. Is being scared of the rod. So you have to do that whole thing. Like, there's no way you would know that. And also, that's another spot where it takes away point. Like, you don't get... Because you start with points at the beginning of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, you start with more points if you don't get help. And also, when you ask I for see. help... When you ask for help, that gives you more lantern battery life as well. Oh, So, like, when you say no, you have... So... When you say no, then you have to like really like if you want to get the full fifty, you have to have like this really optimized path because yeah, yeah, you yeah. have a lot less time and you can't buy a battery. So how interesting. Um but there's I've like a lot of seen stuff like that. In one playthrough, somebody dropped the lamp a lot. I oh. I don't I don't know how that interacts with like uh oh, how, how much like lamp light uh goes yeah. down. I wonder if that just doesn't count lamp life when you move from room to when you're not holding it i wonder I if have, there's some kind of like thing like that I yeah don't know. i have no idea i do know like a room counts as lit it, even if the lamp is not like in your hands but i'm, I'm not totally sure okay. um the- that that was something that really floored me i had tried to play this once and i'm going to be honest i just got lost in the woods and stopped playing um but this time when i sat down i was like I said before, just I was astonished by how much fun I had. Um, the only complaint I think I have is I was trying to find ways to play it, just having it read to me aloud and just saying it with my voice because I wish I could close my eyes the whole time I was playing it. The only thing that I found oh. where I could do that, I had to like, I had to X out of voice input just to press enter and it took me all out of it. I think that'd be super fun. If it ever happens, I'm also like really looking forward to um, the VR version. It's out. I mean, that's, that's the thing. It's out. Um, so, yeah. So we can jump to the Roberto and Ken Williams sure. version. Uh, yeah, so that just came out last month. Uh, so for so the Steam version doesn't have VR yet, but it's on the Meta Store for like the Quest Two. Ooh. I think is my understanding. I see. Um uh it's a very divisive game. Yep. It's, um I played a tiny bit of it and I, I kind of agree. It's really weird. I don't know. I don't know where I'm gonna sit with it. Like because it's follows it very strictly, and I think there's I don't know. It like they framed it as like they want to pay tribute to this game. So I, I get it. Mm-hmm. But I still think you could have done unique things with it. Like, I think, like, a more original art style. Because it's kind of, like, it's not going to look like a triple game because it's it was a small team, which is understandable, but I wish there was, like, a more stylized look. That's sure. come up a few times. But, like, but there's, like, just things where it's, like, the dwarves are still there. Mm-hmm. Like, they can just kill it, which is a weird thing to experience in a new game in... Yeah, I gotta say, the dwarf system is extremely clumsy. I'm really glad yeah. you can save in this version. 
Because again, in the original, like if the if the dwarves were released, it was basically you were certain to die within like maybe right. fifteen turns top tops. Um, but yeah, just sitting there like throwing <laughs> throw axe, take axe, throw axe, take axe. Oh, I died. Didn't do anything different, but I died. Yeah, and that's why. I, yeah, making speed run, like if you have to do a speed run, it's not. Oh my god! Even when you know, like you have an optimized path, you don't. Necessary. You might not even necessarily be successful because of the dwarves and the yeah. pirate is random. Yeah, mercifully, the the version of the game that I have saving does not take any points. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I, so the one I played. So if anyone's interested, and I, I would say, yeah, if this sounds interesting, go check it out. Do it. Um, play Colossal Cave Adventure. It, it's really cool. Close your eyes. Imagine being in a cave. It'll make total sense why you go west. And you can't go east to get back. Trust me, you'll be able to see the cave and it'll be really, really fun. But yeah, like, so the one I did was just on IFDB, Interactive Fiction Database. Um, Yeah, so the very first one that is listed, um, it's just like a 350 point version. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can undo. I don't think that was something. Oh, wow. Wow. Very nice. You can type undo. So that's, I mean, so yeah, I mean, I choose that a little, but like, Mm -hmm. whatever. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So I'll I'll just link to it in the show notes if you're interested. Yeah, it's a good um, idea. Yeah, to get back to the remake. Like, so there's, I don't know. It's. We should talk like a little bit. It's definitely a situation where it's like, unless I'm mistaken, like some, some slightly shady devs ended up getting involved in the process. Like it really looks uh, like the development itself was sort of a little uh, troubled. And I'm always, I'm always okay with excusing a couple of things because of that. But yeah. Yeah. I don't want to get into it too much, but yeah, I, no, I think no. there's maybe like one or two people that were, I don't know, but not Ken and Robert. I'm not talking about either of them. No, but, absolutely um, not. But basically it, it uh, seems I, to a certain extent, like, it wasn't exactly what was intended, so it makes sense that there are a couple of rough edges, I guess, is all I'm saying. Yeah, and I think I think the thing right now that's hurting it is just it's forty dollars. Like if it drops in price, like it's a mm. big ask, I think, because it's it's an interesting experiment for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, because I don't I can't think of any other games that were just like, we're going to update this thing. It's really old mm-hmm. and not make any gameplay changes to it. Even though we're just <laughs> talking about like, I think it's a little different in a graphical adventure too, because we're talking about like optimizing your run. But like when you're doing it in text, you can just say like North, North, East, West. Yeah, whatever. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thing. Like it's really <laughs> fast. And that's why like I never really mind like soft locks in a text adventure versus like a graphical adventure because you can just run through everything so fast and you have everything yeah, mapped yep. out and it's just you're not watching animations and yada 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 but like yeah I don't know but there's like parts of that that like from the tiny bit I played of that like were really good like the narration is really good there's an like oh, everything's nice. narrated like it's so that's awesome so I don't think I don't think it's going to be like I don't like I wouldn't consider it a disaster or anything like that I just that's great I have I have yeah, mixed, I'm looking forward like, to it I don't know. I think you should try it. I think. I think you would be into it. Um, yeah. Let me finish my three fifty point run because I really wanted to make sure. Like before, I did too much of the three D version. I had like my own idea yes. in my head because it's going to go away yeah. a little bit once I play the three D version. So yes, and that's one thing that's changed. Like she, Roberta, 
definitely has like her own take on like the contrasting styles. Mm, yeah. That's a whole thing in the text that like we talked about, like because there's some weirdness just from like Crowther being a cave person. Yeah. And was <laughs> not knowing those terms. Like, so um everyone's going to remake the game in their like own vision, which is very cool. I, I like that a lot about this game. Yeah, it's interesting how vivid it is, despite like the fact that you can think about like two totally different things, like we were saying before. Just just something mm-hmm. about the draw really drags you into being like, okay, all right, here's where I am. <laughs> yeah, I was really pleasantly surprised by this game. Like I because it's it is pretty basic if you think about it. Like there's not huge text descriptions or anything but it nope. just felt very immersive and like yeah i don't know it is i was i was it was a nice surprise i did it's not great. expect to be I, into I this game as much i completely agree it it wasn't um it wasn't a heart of darkness situation uh a book that in my opinion i i tried to read it and i was just like this is old and boring in ways that that things are not anymore, so I simply cannot read it. Colossal Cave Adventure doesn't feel like that at all. It's not like you're digging up some, like, ancient thing that is, like, complete crap. It is surprisingly fun. It's very fun. Yeah, and it, I mean, it helps that, like, if you're stuck, you can just look at a guy. Like, mm-hmm. everyone has to look at it. I think, like, unless you're playing this with a group of, like, 20 people all hammering on it at the same time like you need a guide anyway at some point i mean maybe you don't Someone's so what no i mean this is good right but, like i truly believe there has never been a time where the answer to video games was always to like just, just figure it out yourself you got to crouch in the corner over there and, and like put a put a red orb above your head um i always talk to my friends and they're like, how the heck was I supposed to know this? And I was like, well, you either had Nintendo Power or you called them or you had a friend that had right. done one of those two things. <laughs> um, well, and that's so, how yeah. like text adventures were all played. Like you play them with other people. Absolutely. That's, yep. And either like you play together at the same computer or like bounce ideas off each other or you just, you know, have multiple people all playing the game on their own and talking yeah. about it. Especially I remember, like back in the day. I remember me and my brother uh, both could not get over a cliff, not in this game, but in full throttle. And the couple oh. of days where we were sitting there trying to be like, how do we win all of these fights in the way that we need to? Just, it felt so cool. Uh, we'd each mm-hmm. find something and tell the other and be like, wait, what? I didn't see that. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, chills. And that's a lot harder now that I'm, I'm a parent. With it. Oh, God, but, it's true. But, but um, we have this. We just have a job. We have all of have these fine yes, people who are listening to the podcast. Yeah. But I, you know, it's, it's yeah, that, I mean, that's just how these games were played. And so whenever it's when, I mean, I get it. Like, I don't, I wouldn't say, like, there's definitely huge issues with some of the puzzle design in this game, especially like there's some things you didn't get to yet but um, (laughs) we we didn't but like the rod i don't think that like i don't i don't know it it, there's something it's not that like like, any of the things that happen it are bad necessarily it's just that it kind of 
And all of these things that we're talking about sort of predate the modern idea that like most of the answers should be in the game. Although once once you start to get to like Dark Souls and stuff, it's like it 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 is built in an era where they expect you to have the internet. Either like in the notes that are actually in the game or just like, well, everybody's got walkthroughs and stuff. Yeah, and I cut this game a lot of slack just because like it's really someone who did not have anything to reference. Yep. When like designing puzzles, like this is all new Yeah, so that's something interesting is like this was not made with any other video game in mind. (laughs) Uh, it, It was just a thing that he made. Yeah, and it's surprising like how well it holds up considering all that. Like if I was trying to make up some genre. I mean, we, we said before it's not the first one, but like sure, you didn't sure. know that. Like so yeah. um yep. so if I was making up a thing for the first time, like I it, it would be a disaster, I think. Yep. Uh, so I don't know. So I I raise my glass to to Will and Don and I suppose also yeah. Pat for making the connection. Yeah. All right. So is there anything else that we wanted to cover with this? I think, honestly, I've got most of the stuff that I want. This has been great. I really like talking with you. (laughs) Yay. Yeah. So, yeah. So I guess um, by the time this episode comes out, we'll be... It'll still be February. Um, So we're playing Legend of Kyrandia right now. Uh, so if you'd like to join us, it's a game pointing quick adventure game by Westwood. I've kind of moved, I finished the first one. I've moved on to the sequels, um, which I'm at this moment enjoying more, but we'll get in, we're talking about that in the discord. Um, and then next month we're kind of working a little bit backwards and doing like an intro to interactive fiction and text adventures type month. So for people who aren't familiar with the genre as much i mean we kind of did this one for historical reasons but like so we're doing a lot of things like lost pig so newer if games that are lost pig i've never heard of i think the only thing Uh, that i've actually played that was like straight up considered if was galadia and i really liked yeah that's that's another one that's another one we have listed i will admit like lost pig definitely reminds me of the the modern movie pig Starring Nicolas Cage about a man not, who wants his pig back. I haven't seen that, but well, I guess they okay. I guess when you I heartily way, recommend, I heartily recommend Pig. But let's let's go past that. But the game, I mean, but the game is also about someone trying to get their pig back. But um, but you're an orc trying to get your pig back, and amazing orc narration. Um, let me see. So we're just uh, like kind of like so. If you've never played a text adventure or you, you know, or not like a meaningful amount and you want to try them out it, where this is kind of a month of be like, Hey, here are like some of the genre conventions. Here's some games that are good. Like bronze also by Emily short. Um, that's another one. So we're just going to be playing like games that are built more for beginners and meant right. to be intro games. Um, because we want to do a few text adventures this year. We're kind of doing a year of the text adventure. That's awesome. Um, I'm all in. So like every couple of months we're going to do a text adventure because we never really played any before Colossal Cave in this, this in this club. Mm-hmm. Um, so it should be a good time. And then I also wanted 
to do a new thing we're doing at the end of every episode now, which is just a shout out to someone in the adventure game community. Um, we, I, it's another nice. thing I've copied from DOS Game Club. Fantastic. Uh, if you're familiar with me citing that club for everything I've copied. Uh, <laughs> but this week we're doing a shout out to the Adventure Games podcast. It's a really wonderful podcast about adventure games that comes out a couple times every month. Um, they're very kind and have great reviews of games and interviews with game developers. And Ooh. we'll put a link to that. It's so nice. It's just really Hi, nice the Adventure people. Games podcast. I've never met you, but I'm going to listen. I'm very excited. Good. If you ever need a guest. <laughs> um, but they're, yeah, so they're great. And then um, I think that does it for this episode. Uh, we'll put a link to everything in the show notes. Um, but Shala, where can people find you? You can find me at Shala Walls on basically everything. Uh, oh, gosh. You have a band? You can I plug. do indeed. What, what do you Thank want to plug? You. Yes, I can plug the band. I will plug the band. The band is Blind Liars. Look at us everywhere if you want. Embarrassingly emotional indie rock. <laughs> at Blind Liars, at Blind Liars Band on Instagram. And I am Shala Walls on everything. Okay, cool. And then I'll put links to everything. We're on Discord, mm-hmm, co-host mm-hmm, Mastodon. Mm-hmm. It's a weird social network because Twitter's imploding. But um, all right, I think that does it for this episode. Awesome. Uh, thank you for joining me. Thank you all so right. much, Michael. It was great talking. I will see you yeah. soon. It was awesome talking to you. All right. yep. Bye, everyone.